trying to do for the last uh, last three weeks or so is we're trying to help couples navigate the, the, just the relationship one to another, particularly around our, our intimate times together. We're, we're talk, we've been talking about sex and sexuality quite a bit and, and trying to, to help us kind of get on the same page or, or at least have a better understanding of how God designed that part of our lives to work. So we started off the first two weeks, we talked a lot about God's purpose and God's design and the way that God drew it up. We learned that the sex was God's idea, that he was, it's, it's all from him. He's the one that came up with it. He's the one that designed it. And the one who, who designed it gets to define it, right? We learned all that stuff together over the first couple of weeks. Last week, I tried to help a brother out, right? I tried to help my men folk in the room last week uh, learn what it takes to be a, a good husband that your wife would respond to and be more affectionate, maybe passionate towards you. Try to, try to breathe some life back into the relationship by, by helping out my men folk last week. And I told you that this week, ladies, that, that I wanted to help you as well. Now, here's what I know to be true, um, ladies. If... It's not the same for you as it is for us, right? Men, we have to work. If we, if we want more activity in the bedroom, right, like we have to work at it. And, I, and like if you were here last week, I challenged the men of our church and those watching online with us, man, you got, you got some work to do, like work a little harder, serve a little better, lead a little better, right? We talked about all, communicate a little better. We talked about, I was trying to help the guys last week learn how they could maybe increase the frequency of activity between the sheets. Like I was trying to help some, now ladies, you don't need help. All right, ladies, if you just wanna, if you wanna have more sex, you just have more sex. Like we're, we're never gonna say no, right? Like it's not the same for you. And because at Fusion City Church, we, we wanna help Everybody, instead of trying to teach women how to have more, because that's not really a problem for you, I thought I'd help by helping maybe understand why men are the way that we are. We are, we're some complex and we're not all that complex, but we're, we're at least complicated beings. And so I wanted to offer some insight, maybe not to, to help or what men want necessarily, but why we want the things that we do. And I want to say at the onset, before we get into like that content, you know, before we dive into the stuff that Paul had to say, and we're going to look at that together today. Here's what I want you to understand. Everything that I've been communicating for the last several weeks, this is, this is advice. This is, this is content and information rooted in the truths of Scripture but everything that we're learning together about how marriage is supposed to work, how the interaction and the alignment between a husband and a wife is supposed to function, that all of that, all of that is predicated on a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm telling you how marriage works when we do it God's way. I'm I'm talk I've been talking to you for the last several weeks about how sexuality and how communication and how intimacy and how romance work when we do things God's way. But all of those, all of those, all of those are predicated on a passionate relationship first with Christ that translates then into how we interact with our spouse. And so if your relationship with God is waning, if it's, if it's diminished in any way, then the principles that I've been talking about and the advice that we've been looking at together through scripture, it, it doesn't have the same impact because it has to start 
with a relationship with Christ. Every single time I do pre-marriage counseling with, with a couple that, that I'm, I'm preparing to officiate their wedding, and oftentimes with couples that are struggling in their marriage, I take them through the same concepts and the same ideas to try and help them kind of put some pieces back together. I always, I always, I always read this verse. And so before we, and we're going to actually continue the passage, but I wanted to, I wanted to give this to us just so we understand that this is the foundation for how everything else that we've been talking about and everything that's going to be talked about next week, how all of this works is rooted in this idea found in Ephesians chapter five, verse 21. And this is what Paul has to say. He says, submitting to one another, right? And we learned a couple of weeks ago, the submission, now that's not a bad word. Submission isn't a bad thing. Submission is a good thing. Submission just means putting your wants, needs, and desires ahead of my own. That's submission. That's submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And in other words, in other words, here's, what this, here's what this, how this plays out, and then we're gonna get the content. Is that the husband would say, I want to be a good husband to my wife. Not because she's awesome, though she may be, but I am submitting to my wife, my spouse as a husband, not out of my reverence for my wife. I am submitting to my wife out of reverence for Christ. That the best way I know to honor my Lord and Savior is by being a better husband. It's not the only way, but it's one of the ways that I can, I can better honor him with my life by, by loving my wife well. And then the same thing is true for wives, that the best way to submit to one another, to put their needs is first is for the foundation of that to be your reverence for, your appreciation for, and your desire to honor God. So we submit to one another. We love each other well. We respect each other well, not because they deserve it, because sometimes they don't. But our submission to our spouse is founded and rooted on a reverence for Christ. If that's missing, none of the rest of this works. We could, we could I just want to, I want to, I just want to understand. The only way that I know how to teach you how to be married well is to do it God's way. And that's predicated on a relationship with Christ. There might be some other ways. There might be some, some ways outside of the church and self-help stuff. There might be ways that work. I don't know them. I know God's way. And I'm a pastor, so that kind of makes sense that that's the way I would teach, right? This kind of makes sense. I'm a Bible guy. This is what I teach, okay? So I wanted to get that out of the way because now we're gonna, we're gonna continue through that passage where Paul's gonna give us some help understanding men. And so I'm gonna give you the point and then I'll read the scripture that backs it up. Because today we're talking about why men want it or what men want. And the first thing that I want you to know, if you want to write this down, is what men want, men want admiration. Admiration. Men want to be admired, ladies. I don't know if you knew that or not. Paul actually gave us this, this nuanced look at that idea. Let me, let me show it to you in Scripture and then I'll explain it. A little more. Ephesians chapter 5, next verse. We started at 21. We're going to grab 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of his church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Husbands, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. This is the command from Scripture. This was last week. Husbands, love your wives. How do you love them? You serve them. 
You lead them, you communicate with them, you talk to them, you listen to them, you put their needs ahead of your own. That's loving your wife well. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then fast forward down to verse 33. This is kind of the concluding thought to everything Paul was teaching about the, the context of marriage. He says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself. Men, love your wife like you love yourself. Then watch this. And let the wife see that she, what's this word? Give me this word, that she respects. That she respects her husband. Now it would make sense to me that all things equal, that Paul would say, husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. And then wives, love your husband. But he doesn't say loves again, does he? What does he say instead? Respects. There's a, there's a difference there. There's a nuance. And if you, if you miss this, you, you'll miss this, this whole difference between men and women thing. You'll miss it. Husbands love your wives. Wives respect your husband. Can, can I tell you, ladies, if you didn't know, that what men want even more, not that we don't want to be loved at all, but what men want more, what fires us up more than feeling loved is feeling respected, admired, thought highly of. And I'm not saying that you gotta like, you know, stroke an ego or like swell a head. Or, you don't have to do anything. I'm not, I'm not telling you just to, just, to, just to lavish compliments onto your husband or your boyfriend or whoever. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, but, but I'm telling you that the highest value for most men is respect. It's admiration. And one of the, the most complete ways or best ways that you can communicate to their husband is, is through regular willingness in the participation in the bedroom. It, it helps. It, it lets them feel admired. Listen, men will spend the most time in the places that they feel most respected. Maybe you, like me, have met some people who they never seem to want to go home, some men. They'd rather just stay at work. Maybe they have a, maybe they have a really highly, you know, highly responsible position at work or whatever, and they'll stay at work and stay at work and stay at work. Do you want to know why? Because they feel respected. They feel respected there. They're, they're elevated. They're thought highly of. They're looked up to there. And if the same is not true at home, if they're not highly thought of, if they're not treated well, if they're not respected at home, then guess where they'd rather be? Men prefer to spend the most time where they feel most valued and respected. And one of the ways, ladies, that you can help to communicate value and respect to your husband is, is, by, is that wanted idea, that, that whole desired idea, which comes through romance and intimacy. What I'm saying is that how you interact with your husband has a lot to do with how much he wants to be where you are. And if you feel like, man, he never seems like he wants to be at home. He's always gone. He's always at work. He's always doing something. He's always out with his friends. He's always, he's always, he's always, if he's always somewhere else, maybe. Just some insight. The thing he values most is respect. And how you interact with him has a lot to say 
with how respected he feels. Uh, the book of Proverbs offers some wisdom here as well. It says this, it says in Proverbs 21 verse 19, it says, it is better, it's better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Dudes, don't amen right here. Don't, don't do it. I caution you, just psh. But, but this, is, this is truth from Scripture that men would rather, and that's what it said, right? It's better. A better situation for me would be to live in a desert land. I would enjoy that more than in my house with a quarrelsome or fretful woman. Ladies, one of the best ways that you can communicate that respect to them is, is, to, is to celebrate them. I'd say even, even publicly, we have this great forum now of, of social media and I, I actually, I do. It's weird that I like posts where other women brag on their husbands, but I do. I, I like the posts where, where ladies say, like, I like when they call them their favorite, or right? And my wife has done this on occasion for me as well. She'll, she'll brag on me publicly. And in that, in that moment, I feel appreciated. Like not only did she appreciate it, but she appreciated me enough to let everybody else know that she appreciated. Can I tell you the best compliments I get are the ones where I find out that somebody said something to somebody else and it gets back to me third hand? Right? You can, you can give me a compliment face to face and I'll appreciate it and that's great. But when I hear it from somebody else that you talked to and I knew it wasn't to me, oh man, that, that fires me up and it makes me feel really respected by you, whether you're my wife or just a friend. Like, who, like it makes me feel respected, right? So ladies, if you, wanna, if you wanna help your men feel admired, just brag on them. Brag on them a little bit. Look, I told them last week I was helping and I'm trying to help you. Trying to help. If you want to understand why they don't or, or why there's something missing, I'm trying to help you understand. Because if there's, a, if there's a diminished communicated respect, then there's, the chances are that they, they feel a little less than at home. Can I, can I just tell you, I mean, you know, I, I talked about how much I love my wife last week. I don't try to make this a platform where I just come up here and tell you how much I love my wife. But man, when my wife has my back when she's cheering me on for stuff. I thought like there's nothing I can't do. And it makes me want to be where she is. And the same thing is true for your husbands as well, I'm sure. Now, speaking of this admiration and respect thing, particularly as it pertains to, to sex. Rejection is a, it's a close cousin to disrespect. And anytime a man feels rejected, we feel disrespected. Now, here's what I know to be true, ladies. Your husband probably wants it way more than you do. Like, yeah, I, like I hear you, Pastor Brian, but he wants it all the time. Like, I get it. I know. I know, man. I happen to, I have some really particular insight into how a man thinks. So here's what I, here's what I would say. If you feel like he's pestering you all the time and you feel like you're always saying no, right? Every time that happens, that's rejection. And I'm not saying you should never say no. I'm not saying, because I know he wants it all the time. Some bad days happen, long days at work happen, kids going nuts happen, calamity. And we talked last week about how ladies' brains, everything connected. And like when stuff's not right and stuff's going wrong, like the last thing you feel like doing is being intimate at the end of the day. And I, man, I get it. 
me give you one word of advice. I, I learned this years and years and years ago from, it was, it was a female lady who, who, I don't remember where I heard it, but I know it was a lady that said this. She said, this was a practice that she put into place for, for her marriage. And I've taught it before, I've heard it before, and I think it's a really great practice. I asked my wife if this was effective, if she could maybe think like this, and she does, and it's worked out great for us. So here's just my advice from my, my family and our weirdness to you, right? It's this, don't reject just reschedule. Don't reject. Reschedule. Instead of, hey, not tonight, just maybe add, hey, not tonight, but how about tomorrow? Can I, can I tell you what that does? Um, that turns it into an all-day event for me. This is why I love this so much. Hey, not tonight. Like, I'm tired. I had a long day. My wife's a kindergarten teacher. Like, the kids were bonkers today off the walls. Like, I just don't feel like rain check tomorrow. Okay. Now, you got you to gotta, you gotta follow through. Like, don't, don't do that. And then be like, like, next, like, not tonight. And then not tonight. Don't, don't do that. That's not helpful. Can I tell you what it's impossible for me to do when my wife says, hey, not tonight, but tomorrow? Can I tell you what, what is impossible for that tomorrow to be for me? Bad day. Impossible for me to have a bad day. Like, my day could go to crap. But I know that later, there's, there's something that I'm anticipating. And I dare say, I dare say, that the anticipation is just as good as the participation. Like, the, the opportunity to, to like, because then, like, I'm not even focused on work. <laughs> Some days it's bad. I'm not even focused on work. Like, I don't even know. Like, I just kind of black out for the day. But I tell you what I am doing. I'm fantasizing about my wife. And that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. I think men should fantasize about their wives. Can I tell you when I do that most? Is when she said, hey, tomorrow night, guess what? I got all day to think about it. I'm planning it out. I come to the bed, like, I got some ideas, right? I got A, B, C, and D, which were like, like I got, you know, and it, and it increases how much time I spend thinking about my wife during the day. Ladies, let me ask you, would you not love to have a husband that thinks about you all day long? Would that not be a good thing for you? But if you just reject, if it's just rejection, if he feels disrespected, you're having the adverse effect. So here's what I want you to see. You have the opportunity in this understanding of how much men value respect. You have the opportunity to turn rejection and something negative into something positive by just say, hey, not now, but hey, later. Put a, put a, day, put a day and time on it. Let him look forward to it. The second thing that men want, men want affection, not just attention. And, and here's, here's what I mean by, here's the, here's the difference. Affection is, a, is, is actionable, it's proactive. Attention is responsive. Uh, attention is a reaction, affection is an action. It, it isn't a new thought that men and women are different. We've already talked about it today. We talked about it a little bit last week as well. 
But, but ladies, you have to understand, men, we, we, there, there's an equivalent to affection with the, the physical. Affection for us is a very physical thing. And I would say, yeah, I would just be careful that you don't allow yourself like, yeah, but it's just not that important to me. It doesn't interest me that much. Saying, I'm just not that interested in it, so I'm not going to do it is just like what I asked the guys to do last week where they would say, well, I, I know my wife wants me to talk to her more. I know she wants me to be a better leader. I know she wants me to serve her more. I'm just not interested in those things, so I'm not going to do them. It, it's the same thing. So if you say, I'm just not that interested, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be physical with them. I'm not going to show him physical affection. You're doing the same thing that you would have him not to do for you and with you. So in the same way, ladies, that I challenged the men in our room last week to work a little harder for it, I'm going to challenge you to have some opportunities and some occasions where he doesn't have to. Could you just make it easy? Just make it easy. Just tell him, hey, let's go. Or just what, what, you know, what you wear says a lot. And if you come to bed in like a you know, full length moo-moo thing or whatever, and it says like, mm-mm, like not tonight, right? But, but just, just think a little about the attire. Make it, I'm not saying it, not all the time, not every, not every, not every time he wants it, that's, that's unreasonable. But occasionally initiate. Because that communicates desire and affection towards your husband. If he's the one that always initiates it, he feels like you never want it. If you never want it, that means you never want him. And that sounds and feels to the heart and to the head of a man a whole lot like rejection and disrespect. And there's nothing a man values more than respect. Pursue him. I know it does, you don't have to in order for, to, to get him on board, right? You, you don't have to do the pursuit thing to get him on board. He's on board, right? We'd stay ready. Like microwave, right? Like microwave and crockpot. Ladies are the crockpot, men are the microwave. It's 30 seconds, we're good. But, but just because that is true doesn't mean that it should always be the case. We looked, we've been looking each week or, or some week, last week and this week and at this, this interaction between uh, Solomon and his beloved and I think that the reason I told you guys this last week, the reason that God gave us the book of Song of Solomon as a collection of the, the biblical uh, narrative and the biblical canon is because it gives us such a beautiful picture of this relationship that's so valuable, the relationship between a, what starts off in the book as a betrothed to a, to a spouse. And we get to see their whole like dating and engagement and betrothal and wedding and consummation. We'll get to that next week. Like all of that stuff happens. But, but I want to show you in Song of Solomon, chapter three, this interaction between Solomon and his beloved as this, as this, as this kind of exclamation point to the idea of, of pursuit and affection and respect. Watch how she speaks of Solomon. Solomon, chapter three, Song of Solomon, chapter three, starting in verse one. And she says, this is, the, this is his beloved speaking on my bed by night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. I will rise and go about the city and the streets and in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about in the city. And then she asked them, have you seen him whom my soul loves? 
Scarcely had I passed them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and I would not let him go until I brought him to my mother's house and to the chamber of her who conceived me. So this is just, you know, it's, you, get, you get the picture or whatever. She's looking, she's looking for Solomon. She can't find him. She's out in the streets kind of just trying to find him because she so desperately wants to be with him. She's looking for him. She's trying to find him. The, the police come and they're like, hey, who are you looking for? She's like, I'm trying to find the one whom my soul loves. They're like, we don't know who that is. Give us a better description. I'm just kidding. They didn't say that. It's not in the Bible. It's my, my version of it. Um, but then she finds him, right? And she says she can't, she can't wait. To just, she, she's so desperate to find him and she can't wait to get him back home. They're not ready for the deed yet, but she still wants him to be in the house. And I, I loved, as I was reading this, just kind of the words that she used, that she, that she sought after him, that she was seeking for him, that she found him and that she, that she brought him she, she brought him back. And, and the beauty of, of what I think is being communicated here is just that whole idea of the man being, being desired by his betrothed, his beloved. And ladies, I think it serves as a beautiful picture for, for you of, of that kind of understanding and that kind of initiative and that kind of effort when it comes to your relationship with your husband. I know, I know, it's easy for you. It's easy for you to just, to, to not have to make the effort because the effort isn't needed, but the, the effort communicates, the initiation communicates, the, the, the desire, the, the wantedness, the affection, it communicates that you're still my guy. And he feels admired and he feels respected and he feels loved. Again, we don't want to feel unloved, we just value respect. A little more. The, the reason that, that sex is so important to men should be, and I hope that this is true, because you are, ladies, wives. It, it's important to us because you're important to us. Or at least that should be the case. Again, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It starts with Christ. If, if, you have a, if you have a godly man that's yours, this is the case that sex is important to, to them because it's important because you are. It says that, that I am wanted by the one I want to be wanted by most. That's a lot of wants. I am wanted by the one I want to be wanted by the most. And it, it makes me feel appreciated. And we talked about the exclusivity in relationships that drives and fuels passionate. Sex says I'm admired by the one I wanna be admired by. Ladies, if you, if you want a man that can't wait to get home, can't wait to be where you are, that thinks about you all day long, that, that would rather be at home than any other place, it starts with, with admiration. It's carried on by affection. If why men want it so much, why we want it, it's because we want to be wanted by the one we want to be wanted by most. So I hope that this will help. I hope that this maybe explains some dynamics in your, just because you don't have to put forth the effort doesn't mean that you shouldn't because it communicates something when you do. It communicates affection and it communicates admiration. And if a man feels respected, he'll always wanna be there more 
than he's anywhere else. I hope that helps. Hope this is helpful. Maybe this explains something for you. Maybe. Maybe we can now have a better understanding of how we think about things as well. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for you. And I'll come back and I've got some help for the ladies this week as well. Let's pray together. Father, God, you are you're good to us. Father, you love us and you do so, so well. And God, we're so grateful for all of the ways that we get to experience life in relationship with you. And God, we know that because you have designed it and constructed life to work in a certain way, that God, when we, when we adhere ourselves and align ourselves with the way that you have called us to live, God, I believe that that is the, the linchpin that unleashes the abundance of life that your son Jesus talked about. So, Father, as we learn more about ourselves, as we learn more about our spouses, God, I'd ask that you, God, would reignite something in marriages that maybe has, has faded, maybe even for some time now, and that, God, you would restore brokenness, you would restore a lack of passion and intimacy and romance. God, would you help us as husbands and wives to, to, to do life and marriage and intimacy your way? And Father, we thank you that we have access to the truth of Scripture, to advice from Paul and Proverbs and Solomon that help God to, to guide us in a way to see better how you'd have us to live. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the relationship that we have with you through Jesus, your son. It's in his name I pray. Amen. And amen.